Hey there, Alex here for a not-so-quick prologue before our finale. First, <laughs> let me just say thanks for sticking with us. We've had a name change or two, some early issues of finding our episodes, and plenty of delays, this episode being no exception. Leading me to secondly, it is known I've had a hard time finishing shows. I leave the finale for months and months and sometimes never watch it. Finishing a good show is hard enough, but here we have a show I helped create. We recorded this episode back in September 2019, and I've been conveniently forgetting about it. Forgetting, despite John, our wonderful editor, kindly asking me when this episode's going to go up. You're about to hear the last episode at a time when Spencer and I weren't sure what our next steps were. If there was going to be a season two. I'm happy to say you can ignore any doom and gloom we have about the future of First, as we will be having a season two. There will be another slight name change, and there will be some fresh blood in the mix. I don't want to spoil too much now, but please continue to stay subscribed to us. We will release an announcement with more details when we make our comeback in May of 2020. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's get this bad boy rolling. Action! You're listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. This is the strangest story I have ever heard. Take a seat, grab a drink, and listen to my words. into First, a podcast where two buds talk trash about how their favorite shows begin. We're the two buds. I'm Alex. And I am Spencer. So, hey, Spencer, this is our last episode of First. For forever! Or at least until who God knows when. Mm-hmm. We watched a lot of TV. A lot of TV, didn't we? We watched a whole bunch. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the shows we, we watched and we we'll continue to watch. I also feel like this is now the good time to mention, though, what what other TV did you watch? Or did we watch, Spencer? Over, oh, so everyone knows, well, this is hitting in December. We started recording, what, around March? Mm-hmm. And it is the end of September currently. So we had all that time to watch the shows we did watch. And some new ones and maybe some old ones that have been out in the meanwhile. So I just, I know I have a list. I'm not sure, Spencer, if you wrote it out or if you're going to go by memory. But I'm curious, what did you watch? So what did I watch separate from the show? Well, okay, so I really wish that it had come out before our anime episodes. I've been watching a whole lot of fucking Demon Slayer, (laughs) and let me tell you, that is a fucking boilerplate shounen. That is as generic as, like, a boy turning into hero adventure can get, but that show is completely pulled together by a couple cool elements. And, like, a handful of really cool characters that make it one of the most interesting shows I've seen in a while. Oh, wow! That's big praise. It is a show that is infinitely gifable because of the sister. So, 
me as as a big strong man who doesn't feel emotion as all Naturally. men are are raised to do i went in being sold on the fact you'll love it look at how cute the little sister is and i'm like fuck that i'm not weak to cute things cute anime girls fuck that and then it's like oh my god she's the <laughs> coolest and like looking up a description of that show i don't even think i meant to look it up i think i was grabbing a link for someone and in the description it's like main character boy and his lolly demon sister and i was like what no no why would you describe it like that just just call it his demon sister or just his sister like it doesn't she's she's not a lolly wait a she's not what no <laughs> So, apparently I'm really into some kind of lolly crap, so I hate that, and I've been trying to fucking electrocute that out of my brain, but until yeah, that happens... you don't want to go around saying that in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I don't watch much anime. I watch the popular ones that people tell me to, mm -hmm. and I really like them because they're popular. <laughs> I don't take chances. <laughs> That's fair. Do you want to trade off? I do one, you do one? Oh, buddy, I have a list, so... Oh, um, okay. I just, like, I, I had to know. I had to know how much TV I've watched in six months. It's a lot. <laughs> Spoiler, it's a lot. But, okay, I guess if we're going to go trade by trade. Mm -hmm. I did watch all three seasons of The Colony, which you and I have talked about a bit. But I don't think I've mentioned it, but I did. It was way in the beginning of first. Mm-hmm. Colony is super interesting. The idea is aliens have come to the planet and they annihilated most humans, but there's some that are allowed to live, kind of, sort of, in these colonies. <laughs> and as long as you're doing production to a certain point, then the aliens let you live. If you can't continue that, then they're going to kill off your entire city. Easy peasy. It is a show that ends prematurely. It's a cliffhanger, but also I'm content with it being where it's at. Mm -hmm. I think they're starting to lose the plot of their show. <laughs> and they had a lot of interesting character development along the way. Kind of talking about the Skylar effect. There's a mom who's actually the mom from The Walking Dead. Uh, Lori? Is that her name? Yes. Yes. So that same actress is in, is in this as the mom here. And she like, is a rebel force. She's trying to figure out a way to escape the alien clutches. And her husband ends up joining with the government and so they're like they're automatically at odds with each other but it isn't a whole lot of the romance you betrayed me but i love you but you betrayed me they just do a really good job of them like okay we lied to each other but we need to move forward from this because we need to do what's best for our kids and the kids have some really interesting story arcs to them too particularly the older son and by the end of it the dad has so much fucking ptsd and they do a real good job like expressing that in my opinion where it isn't just, I have a big old man that doesn't have any feelings, and <laughs> I can tough through this. It's like, everyone around him is like, dude, are you okay? Dude, what's going on? And of course he's like, at first, no, I, it's fine, it's fine, it's no problem. But they do a really good job of others around him being like, no, dude, what's going on? Not only are you showing signs that something's wrong, but you're also potentially threatening the rest of us. Like, by your stupid antics, because you have a death wish, you're actually making it so that we all might die? Can you fucking not? If you're not going to talk about it, could you just not? So, I don't know. It just, it was really well done for what it was. It was a sci- um, I say sci-fi, not like a sci-fi television cable network, but it, it was a sci-fi show. 
and there's rumors that it might be picked up for a fourth on one of the many streaming networks, but we'll see. Usually sci-fi shows don't grip me as much as, as they could, but it was a nice mm-hmm. mix of sci-fi and apocalyptic and familial love that was just aces. I liked it a lot. I'm really glad. That last description gives me Jericho vibes, which mm. that was a show I really, really liked when I was young, and now I'm really worried that it doesn't hold up so I don't go back. That's fair. That's fair. I watched, so I think we've talked a bit. I might have even mentioned it on this show at some point or another, but one of the stars of Californication, the voice of Bobby Hill, super funny lady, Pamela Adlon. Mm-hmm. She was like an executive producer, helped do writing for Louis. And I think this started back before everyone at the Louis offices burned everything and then jumped out the window. <laughs> but Pamela Adlin got her own show, which is very much in that same spirit. Because, you know, every comedian now has a show of about course. how deep and serious their lives are. But this one I actually really like, and it's called Better Things, and it is... Pamela Adlin as a single mother raising her three daughters who are all very different ages, going through very different things, and her just trying to keep it together while being an actress and a voice actress. Mm -hmm. It is hit or miss. It is not supposed to be as funny, I don't think, as things like uh, Louis and Marin and all those, but... I still really like it. Mm-hmm. Boy, do I like sad dads. <laughs> and like, maybe two rungs down from that, sad moms. Those get me too. And this is this is one of those things. And it's one of those things where I think the comedy comes from how human it feels. Like you're laughing at it, but you're also like, that honestly feels like that's a real miserable scenario for someone that happens all the fucking time. Maybe a little touch of that out-of-touch kind of uh, Hollywood writing that goes into things, where it's like, this was written by people that don't know how life works. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still a fun watch, I think. Now, I don't have IMDb up or anything. I think it's two seasons right now. I don't know if it's coming back for a third. Aww. I tried watching it as it came out, and then I caught up on it with Hulu, like, this year. Because I was only, like, three episodes deep. I knew that I liked it, but this year I got to watch like all two seasons and it's it's just fun. I don't know that it's groundbreaking. I don't know that it's it's won or will win any prizes, but I think it's worth a watch if you want to binge something. I think every episode's like the the 21 minute mark and it's it's two short seasons. So, I I think it's it's one of those, like, in-between binging your long shows. Like, here's something to just throw away. Okay. Yeah. That's solid advice. Yeah. What else you got? I'm going to talk about a show that I hated. Good. I Go watched the it. second season of Mindhunter, and I hated it. <laughs> to be fair, I was not a number one fan of the first season. I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, because of my field of study, I should like Mindhunter a lot more than I do. Except that fucking Holden, the main guy, is so irritating. And they do it on purpose. They they do it on purpose. But like at some point you have to make him redeeming, right? Mm-hmm. Even let's let's talk briefly about Archer. Even Archer has some like redeeming qualities to him at some point. Oh yeah. Because otherwise, why would you fucking watch the show? <laughs> yeah, no. The main guy in this is just an irritating shit, and I feel like it's a case of I, I remember the very first episode of the very first season. And I was like, oh, we're gonna be watching a show about white man pain. 
got it. <laughs> and like that's held up for the entire two seasons. Uh, at least if you're following his storyline. The thing is, other people in the show have some pretty interesting storylines. Second season, you're following the woman and she is a lesbian and you're kind of figuring out how she's trying to balance the work life when conservative FBI times were, were a big deal. And, you know, being a lesbian was bad. <laughs> and having a girlfriend and, like, what kind of queer relationships looked like at that time. I thought they did a really good job exploring that. His partner is also going through this crazy thing where his son, who's like six or seven, is young, gets tied up in a murder case of a toddler. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to balance the work life and the family life and trying to be there for his family, but also trying to be there for work, but not telling anyone at work what's going on, because why would you share that? It's just is like the side stories are really cool. And the, the main crime of the second season are the um atlanta case atlanta killings atlanta murders bunch of kids get disappeared disappear die horrible ways and the fbi comes in and this is of course based on a real case and what the the show was illustrating was that the fbi was just very and particularly the behavioral science unit was wanting to prove that their profiling worked and what they end up doing was coming in looking for a black man and they got a black man, and he may or may not have done it. The evidence was pretty weak, but they, they went in with this profile, and they were for sure going to find someone who fit the profile, and they did, but shrug, who knows. And then what ended up happening, because it was an election year, they ended up pushing, they're like, yeah, you know, we have him pinned for one of the crimes, and we're going to call the other dozen a wash. So all these killings that happened of these children were never truly solved or truly adjudicated or anything like that. So it's, it's a pretty high-profile case in that sense. But also, it was such a back burner thing. And it was like they were trying to do the Netflix thing of, look at us talking about racial issues. But they did it very poorly. <laughs> and it was a bummer. I, I think the that storyline deserved a lot more credit for what it, than what it got. And instead, we just got whiny ass Holden. The whole reason to watch the first season is for Ed Kemper, the guy who, who performs as Ed Kemper, is really fucking good. And they could tell, they're like, oh shit, no one's going to watch this if we don't have Ed Kemper. So they shoehorn him into this season. There's also, they do a brief meeting with uh, Manson, which that's pretty cool. The guy who they got to act as him was very well done. But they're trying to carry the magic of the first season of them interviewing all these famous killers and then also introduce this other crime. It's like, no, don't, don't, stop it. Stop. <laughs> just, just, just ch pick one. Pick too, one. Too many ideas and too few episodes on the docket. And too poor writing. Like, it just was a lot of bad. It was a lot of bad. So I uh, do not like Mindhunter, and I'm sick of people asking me, do you like Mindhunter? I do not. <laughs> I do not, and it's because I sit and watch too much TV, and it's bad TV. Good. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah. I, uh, man, I'm so happy to hear you just rip on shows. I, <laughs> I like that. I haven't done a lot in, in this show, because it seems like, for the most part, we usually pick stuff that we like. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, there's some bad shows out there, guys. Uh, man. So, what did I watch this this year? I watched, more recently, I watched uh, the third season of Glow. Yeah! That came out, that happened. Yeah, it did. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, I felt like I didn't realize that the season finale was the season finale. <laughs> like, it ends, yeah. and it's like, oh, it was, oh, is that it? Oh. And, and a lot of things felt like that because it's a big ensemble cast and you know everyone gets their their thing but like i think melrose's whole arc 
she she opens up a little bit that one time and then she gets with the 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 male prostitute mm-hmm. and like it's like they it's like they're trying to throw everyone a bone <laughs> they're trying to like give everyone character development and it's like you know what i would rather you guys really develop a couple than like we're, this is this is a ruth season again but Oh, yeah, we have these other kids. Here's what they're up to. It's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, pick pick one. Pick a strategy. <laughs> Overall, I really like it. There were some moments that really hit. God, do I really like the cast? Mm-hmm. It's not even, like, a thing where I don't like Ruth. I really like Ruth. I just think that, like... And I get why she's the main character. But at the same time, I feel like she should be the main character in, like, a Game of Thrones sense, where it's like... <laughs> Maybe this guy is the main character, but also we're gonna basically spend equal time on everyone. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just like the side characters so much that I don't want them to be side characters. I want it to just, yeah. I think they did, they did dirty by Machu Picchu. Yep. The idea, like, she has this really good moment of, like, I'm a third wheel, no one wants to be around me, I can't be around you. Mm-hmm. And she has, like, having a lot of emotions, and she ends up leaving, presumably, the show mm-hmm. to go do more stuff with her brother in the wrestling entertainment industry but i felt like we as an audience didn't we didn't get to experience her pain yes it was just like her telling us it and then she was gone and it's like oh okay bye i guess which sucks because she's a really great character just like we didn't get to experience all those moments of her being alone Mm -hmm. really and i think we could have done more with that i think glow ended up doing this thing where they're like yeah we're going to las vegas oh shit we got season three (laughs) (laughs) yep and like it was a really cool concept but they didn't really know how to write it Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, do I resonate with some of those characters, but also... Which ones? It, who do you think? Who do you... I want to know! Tell who me! Who do you suppose? No, uh, it doesn't matter what I suppose. Who, who, who do you relate to? Okay, so, uh, Mark Marin for sure. I mm-hmm. And it's weird, because, like, it's not, like, one for one. It's not like, oh my god, that would be me. It's just, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> the way he talks and the weird way he goes about his passions. <sighs> I don't know. The romance was a bad move. Yeah? Yeah, it it felt really ham-fisted. <laughs> it would have been better season two. Yeah, uh, but I get it. I get that the show, it's, it's imperfect people with imperfect feelings doing imperfect things. And, mm-hmm. like, it, it fits in there. But I just didn't like it. I admit, You're not supposed to. Mm-mm. But, boy, oh boy. So there were some characters. Was there anyone else you related to? There are. I'm trying to remember names. And more specifically, so I don't even think it's characters. I think it's, like, plot points. Oh. Uh, but... Well, I still want to hear it. Yeah, oh, God. I, um... So, a problem with having a cast the size of Glow is that I really like all the characters, but liking a character and remembering that character's name <laughs> are two very different things. Because one comes from the heart, and the other does not. I remember Melrose, and I remember some of their stage names. Go with the stage names. I remember Ruth. I <laughs> I remember the Biddies. <laughs> and a bunch of those other characters. Nothing. Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell, Welfare Queen, and I think I might have just exhausted all of them. Done. That That's probably more than I know. That, <laughs> like, that's the thing. I really like Mark Marin. But I always call him Mark. I have such trouble remembering his fucking name. God, now that you mention it, I don't know where it is either. Right? 
It's it's like an anime where it's like, look at all of our colorful characters. You're not gonna know their fuck. And that's the thing. I always learn their names by the end of the season, then the season ends, and I fucking forget all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Again, I don't, I don't think Glow is one of those shows that like I'm always going to remember. But Glow is a really fun watch when you're in it. Well then, so okay, back to to plot points because this is a show that you and I actually watched, not not together, but we've we've seen it, so we can actually mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. What were some plot points you really liked? I really like the "I don't want to die" breakdown, mm-hmm. like the the big struggle with sexuality, especially at that time, and and watching how it just like melts his fucking brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think the. The AIDS epidemic is a really, I don't know the right adjective to use, fascinating time in American history, in American politics. Um, but the only thing I've really seen, like, the only media I've seen that really addresses it is uh, Rent. And Rent has some fucking problems with the way that it addresses it. <laughs> it's really, okay. it, like, someone who, not just from, like, a societal respect is is afraid to to be gay or to be bi but is actually fucking afraid like yeah that is fucking heavy god damn i think the whole descent into producer madness the whole i'm the guy with the money like Mm -hmm. fuck all of you was a really great turn i was kind of sick of him being not sick of i really like the idea that he can he can be bubbly and bumbling, but he is a human being that gets stressed the fuck out. And and there's money and, and renown tied up in this. I think the heart attack got me, shooing his daughter away. Right. Yup. And then, like, call me a fucking ambulance. <laughs> like, that, that not wanting to seem weak, but actually I am dying. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, of course, it's a sad dad. I <laughs> naturally on brand. Naturally, I remember season one, the the daughter reveal, and like I already really liked him. And when it came out, oh, you're a father! It's like, god damn it, <laughs> god damn it! You weren't just a sad man at all. You, were, you were a sad dad and a mustache. <laughs> what about you? So what, cleverly hidden. What uh? What what about? glow gets you because for me it's not even that it's hard-hitting sometimes really it's just it's a colorful cast and i really like the characters yeah no and and i i agree that the i don't want to die story point probably stole the whole season Mm -hmm. i i think that was one of the best parts of that season the other parts that i really stuck out to me were ones doing with motherhood and both liberty bell and cherry and how different they are about motherhood. Mm-hmm. So Cherry recognizing, like, no, I don't, I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to change my body. I want to keep doing the thing that I want to do because that's what her goal has always been. And then also to have her husband be like, but, but what about my opinion? Doesn't my opinion count? Like that, I've had similar, not about children, but like similar conversations. And that just is really hard hitting too. Because at that point, it's like, well, that's her body, yo. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's, sure, it's a goal you have, but it's also her body that she's changing for you. That's heavy. And like, you shouldn't be just saying, but my opinion was more important. And I'm really glad that they had a resolution at the end and that he went away not to go go bang his feelings out, but he like he went and found an adoption counselor and like started along those lines so that way they could have a compromise. And I thought that was a really well done 
moment. I like when, when TV shows give couples compromises. That's mm-hmm. not that the wife has to win or the husband has to win, that they're able to find an in-between and that they're both happy with the in-between. Which, I mean, what, what's the thing about compromise that no one ends up happy? Mm-hmm. That's like the sign of a good compromise. But as far as TV land goes, I, I like it when they can make a couple work together, even after having blowout fights. And maybe that's a personal thing where sometimes I still feel like, oh, oh shit, blow up fight. That means this person doesn't want to be around me ever again. Mm-hmm. And that's not really how life works. You can fight and that's okay. Uh, and, and then Liberty Bell, how she missed her kid walking. Uh, like how hard that has to be and flying across the country all the time. And then her being like, you know what? No, uh, I'm going to bring my kid to this thing. And she ends up taking the kid and living in a hotel with him. It just is. <laughs> it's cool to see powerful women finding their way through motherhood. And what I'm curious about, because they also have the eating disorder bit of her starting to uh, show signs of bulimia, but then they never mention it ever again. It's just one episode. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that's continued on, even after she's gotten her kid. Like, I don't, I wish I had more context for that. I imagine next season, probably. Mm-hmm. We'll find out more. I also thought her, like, banging everyone in the hotel was probably very liberating. <laughs> and there, I think the most standout scene to me, though, earlier when I said that it's like they had this Las Vegas idea and then they were writing, you're like, oh, shit, we actually don't have a whole lot to write here. Mm-hmm. And it's Ruth and her book keeping show notes for every every show that they do and it's a panel of her taking off her makeup as all the people are going around like super fast behind her and they find out oh yeah it's been a hundred shows it's been however many shows i i just i really like the 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 cinematography of that moment Mm -hmm. and the motion behind it and that like three minute moment that 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 all carried on through yeah i uh i i think this this show did suffer from we're going to throw a lot of character things at the wall mm-hmm. just to see how it feels there are a lot of character points that are just like here's this thing that's introduced and now we have that if we want to use it again <laughs> and there's a big time skip at like the three quarters part of the season mm-hmm. it feels like it's starting a new season like it it, yeah. it, it was a weird call i agree mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes the finale feel so weird is it feels like it feels like we're we we got two seasons in one, and one of them was really stunted, and the other one never really ended. Mm-hmm. So like structurally, it feels weird, but I think there is like a lot of charm and character and cleverness in there. I think it's just not poor direction. I think it's very loose direction. I I think it it has all the makings to be pulled together. But I don't even think it really needs that. I think it's just, it's what separates this from being a really good show and being, like, a really great show. I agree. I concur. (laughs) Now you do a show, I think. I think I'm going to read through my list. Okay. And when something stands out, or if something stands out, stop me, okay? I will scream. Perfect, I can't fucking wait. (laughs) Alright, so I watched Archer Season 9, Danger Island. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched... Half of season three of Harlots, because it had one of the best character twists, plot twists, whatever that happened. I'm still reeling from it. I'll finish it eventually. Mm -hmm. I watched half of What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Mm -hmm. I watched season one, and there's going to be a lot of halves here. Uh, Half of season two of The Exorcist, TV show, obviously, because seasons. Watch, which, going back to Exorcist, the old priest in that is the wife's love affair artist guy and House of Cards. Oh, if you remember God. That. Same guy. So, Colton Extreme Belief, 
which is on Hulu. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 13. Claws, season 1. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, both seasons of that. I'm bummed we don't have more. Watch the final season of Broad City. Watch The Act. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, season 2 of that. We've already talked about Glow, we've talked about Mindhunter. Russian Doll, which, again, it's a TV show, but it's more like an elongated movie. Mm-hmm. Watch, I won't even say half a season 3 of Stranger Things. I got like the first three episodes yep. of Stranger Things. It was not my favorite. Oh boy, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> we can talk about it now. <laughs> okay. So I watched all of it. It was a slog. <laughs> so I rewatched season one and season two. And I think I really, really did like season one. I think mm-hmm. like hype aside, get get all that shit out of there. I just really liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. It was a really good eight hour movie. <laughs> I really liked the first episode of season two because of course it ends with Hopper coming home and the realization that he's adopted l and they live in a cabin in the woods yeah. and they're gonna they're gonna eat waffles and it's just like she gets a family and he gets a daughter and they're just trying to make it work and it's super sweet and then that started to slip and kind of fall apart and then they did the whole x-men thing and then <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then it's like okay now we have punk rock l closes the thing good let's do something else and then season three is a fucking fanfic i (laughs) it so is i've in people like some people debate me on that and the only people that don't debate me on that are the people that are like dude i i didn't finish two. fuck that show and i'm like you're the lucky ones so i think i'm an example of someone who wasn't completely bought in that kept watching and I think that's a small demographic. So what I really liked about the sci-fi in season one is that we don't understand it because there isn't really any understanding it. The only like science we get is their, their weird eccentric teacher drawing a line and a little bug on a paper plate and being like, well, maybe. And that's not confirmed. That's just to put it into a perspective that these kids can understand. So that they can experience it and the audience can make some sense of it. It's not like that's the actual science. It's that, fuck it, that's as close as we will ever get not knowing. Mm-hmm. And then progressively what the seasons did is they turned the sci-fi into like an actual mythos and tried to put actual reasoning behind it. And it stopped being like normies stumbling into things beyond our understanding to here are the rules here's the new monster oh and the russians are blah blah blah. and it oh (laughs) jesus fucking christ it loses all fucking heart it's it's a complete fucking fanfic it looks like the writers sat around and and this this is not to harp on it it's a fine website but it feels like they sat around on tumblr all day and just fucking like kept typing in like steve x blank like like will x blank like like demogorgon fem swap and just like kept looking up all these <laughs> stupid fucking things the fans really liked mm-hmm. and then like that's all it feels like it doesn't feel like there's any strife going on in their fucking lives it feels like everything is like idealized now and they like try to 
force things in there. You know what? What's because every show does this now, so I'm going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. You know what's what's really hard to write a successful what? working romance. You're not wrong. You know what? We'll never ever get one of those. You know what? Even The Office kind of failed to do. They failed to just have a romance of work, and they're just making it work. They had to introduce a whole like two seasons of weird awkwardness because people get bored and like oh l and main character kid i don't give a fuck about mike they're to get oh no they're not that we're gonna break them up just so that all season we can get them back together again oh joyce and, and hopper should probably just bang already no because you're watching with the anticipation that maybe they'll bang so we can't let them bang. We have to do three fucking seasons and introduce a completely worthless character in season two. And just like, we have, we have to keep doing all this shit just to make sure that you never get your payoff. Because, because what writing in TV is, Alex, is yeah. it's, it's fucking climax control. It's like stroking you off and fucking edging you, but never letting you get anywhere until they just give up and just the show's canceled. Who fucking cares? <laughs> so the whole fucking show is that. The whole fucking show is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like introducing new nonsense fucking problems. Like in the, like they, they built a mega mall that the Russians now inhabit. And there's like a Russian Terminator for Hopper to punch. And and there's like oh 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 look Steve's friends with all the kids now because remember when it was really cool when he came and like helped the kids now now he's now he's like one of the bros because he's in a state of arrested development <laughs> everything everything fucking sucks the newspaper all of like the cigar smoking mustache twirling misogynists that like. Nancy walks into a room and like everything out of their mouth from that point onward has to be something so fucking vile. And it's like, what did the brother do? The older brother that I can't remember his fucking name. He's the one uh, that, that bangs yeah. Nancy. The, the photographer. Does he do anything? I only watched three episodes. Oh, yeah, that's right. He doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. He does follows he Nancy around while Nancy does a big thing because Nancy's like a hero character now and like is, is like an investigative reporter and she's the one that makes sense of all this fucking nonsense because because someone has to put it together for the audience. And it's is like, it Will? Or is that the little brother? Will's the little brother. This is, yeah. uh, I'll call him... I don't know. Brother. He's he's nothing. He's a nothing character. You, I used to really like him. It was like really cool in the first season when he was getting into fights and like blah blah blah, like actual troubled older brother. I really like that. And now he's just he's just Nancy's wingman. <laughs> There's a lot of bad. There's the big fight against the god monster, and that's fucking stupid. Cause. It's like this big monster with tentacles and and like it it has like a big giant mouth and it's like chasing the kids around the kids like hide in a store so instead of just like because you see that it can body morph and you see that like it, like why doesn't it just go in there and fucking smash him 
but instead it's like sneaking around with a tentacle that has a face on it inside the store for like suspense. It's like, why not just go in there being like 800 times their fucking size and eat them or smash them? Why are you like sending in like a little tentacle to like peek around corners and like see if you can catch them and like, this is fucking stupid. This is the fucking dumbest. And it's like, there's, there's the big, like, because we can't possibly ever let Hopper's dick ever come anywhere near Joyce. So <laughs> they, they do the whole thing where, you remember when it was really cool and Joyce was just like a, like a really stressed out mom who thought she was going crazy, but she's like mm-hmm. super smart. So she was like piecing things together on her own. Mm-hmm. And that was like really cool. Well, now her and Hopper are in a secret underground Spetsnaz KGB mega base under the mall, and they're shooting M16s and killing dudes and shit. Because that's where the show's gone. Oh. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so that's where all that led. And they talk, and they're like, man, if we both make it out of this... I'm like, oh, immediately one of you isn't making it out of this. Who dies? Uh, uh, nobody, but I'll get oh, to that. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> because the show doesn't have the guts. Ugh, the show doesn't have the guts to kill anybody. Worst DM ever. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like we will introduce characters to kill, and then some characters will introduce just just to add to the pot. The gumbo of like, oh yeah, underground secret Spetsnaz mega portal open base with machine guns. Mm-hmm. So naturally, yeah, that's a good place to start again. So Hopper gets into a fight with the Terminator. Uh, that's never explained. The Terminator that, like, you've watched him just, like, pick people up and snap their necks. But, like, somehow Hopper, this big fat guy, is giving him a run for his money. Like, Hopper's, like, skull should be cracked and fractured and he should be fucking dead. But this Terminator is obviously, like, toying with him? Up until the point where Hopper overpowers him and throws him into a meat grinder. Oh! But before that, uh, Joyce and Hopper have a conversation where they're like, man, if we get out of this, we should go on a date like we said we would at the beginning of the season, and then, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll bang the fuck out of each other. And so obviously in the next scene, there's a big explosion happening and they're trying to close the portal, but Hopper has to do it manually, so he's gonna die. And then the explosion happens and Hopper's gone. And immediately, without even, without anything, you're like, oh, well, he was on the side of the portal, so he probably just jumped into the portal, and now he's in the upside down. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that, no, he's dead. He's, de- oh my god. He's definitely dead. Next season's not gonna be about rescuing Hopper at all. Yeah, well, also the stinger of the season. Spoiler alert! The, oh, the yeah? Spo- the, the stinger, the post-credit stinger, is you find out that over in, in uh, Siberia, or wherever the Russians live, they uh, they uh, they have a, a very 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 deep underground base, and they make sure that they show you how very very deep it is in the ground. Tell me how deep it is, Spencer. It's very deep, mm. and uh, they're they're walking through a prison, and one of them is about to open one of the cells, and the other stops him. He's like, "No, leave the American." And then they go and they grab a rando out of another cell, and they go and they feed it, and it turns out they have their own demogorgon. And it's like, oh, the American's Hopper. Hopper hopped into the Upside Down and, and, like, jumped out on their side and then got captured. And now Hopper's a prisoner over in Russia. The end. Are you excited for season four? No, because you know what? 
I remember after season one, everyone's like, oh, is, is this going to be an anthology? Blah, blah, blah. Because that's uh, like, and then they were like, oh, no, we meant for it to be a trilogy. Um, so this would have been the trilogy, except for the fact that Netflix has already greenlit season four and they're already making it. Mm. Because we got to make it real quick. Otherwise, those kids are going to get real nasty looking. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Millie Brown to be old enough to play a young Leia. That's all I need. You know what? That would be fucking great. Right. Man. I'd watch that movie. I would I would probably watch that movie and as with all Star Wars, I would probably probably <laughs> talk about how God is dead and this is this is, <laughs> we killed him. Uh, but Boy oh boy, I'm I'm so so ready for that for that new Skywalker movie at Christmas. Um yes. oh boy. Oh boy. I can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> I, I hope that goes straight to fucking Netflix. I hope <laughs> I hope that thing is a fucking travesty because I don't I don't know what else it could be. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, I watched other shows. Was that your whole list? Did it end no. with Stranger? Keep going. <laughs> you do it, girl. Okay okay. Uh I watched half of typewriter which was a movie from or a tv show from india it's five episodes long mm -hmm. and i was hoping it was going to fill my house on haunting hill whatever that show was i was hoping it would fill that void it did not so that's why i'm only halfway through Ooh. i watched all all two seasons of imposters to fill in my my heist con void in my life i finally finished the second season of penny dreadful i did not plan on watching season three mm -hmm. i watched half of you I watched half of the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. <laughs> I'm oh that's that's shows about that we actually covered, so ignore that. I watched all of Lore, Good Omens, Carnival Row, The Boys, and The Gamers, which was originally a YouTube series, uh, made a movie called The Shadow Menace, and I wanted to include that on the list as well. And since Spencer and I talk out of show too, sometimes we try. I, I asked him, like, hey, how many times is watching the Silent Hill 2 playthrough too many times? And he gave me a very specific formula. Anyway, so I ended up watching all of Let's uh, Best Friends Play Silent Hill. I watched all the Silent Hills they have, which was about 80-some videos, each half an hour long. Uh, so it's Silent Hill 2, 3, Homecoming, Downpour, one episode of The Room, one episode of Origins. I think that's all they played. So yes, I watched all of those too. What about the ice? I considered those TV shows. Wasn't that something? Oh, Shattered was... Memories. Yep, yep there, there okay. it is. Shattered Memories Seven. Yep, there you go. So that that's all the shows I watched over the last six months. Bit of boop. I think uh, so. Uh, Lore, Good Omens, Carnival Row, The Boys. Anyone who who knows stuff is that those were all Amazon Prime shows. Omens, Row, and Boys all came out this year, and they were all amazing. I think uh, Amazon Prime did a real good job in picking what they greenlit. Ooh, and yeah. I think they did a great job of only doing eight episodes mm -hmm. and doing the best they can in those eight episodes. Carnival Row, I think, was the weakest one of the three, even though it was the one I was the most excited for. But uh, I was pretty excited for Good Omens, too. But when I saw Carnival Row, there was just a lot of aesthetic things going on in there. That's very on brand for me. The potential for Victorian England. It's not Victorian England, but it is. Yes. It's, it's, it's like a Victorian England bright, which was also a really good movie. And this, in theory, they're making a second one of those. Oh, and yep, yep, that's coming. Someday. But the the first two episodes, I think, were really strong, and then I got bored. And I think it was a case of almost everything else that was going on was more interesting than the main two characters. Yep. <laughs> and 
it's worth a watch. It's fun. Uh, it's very ham-fisted in the liberal nature and the immigrant uh, issues we are facing today. And I say that as a liberal. It's just like, even I was like, mm, boy, I get the message. Can we calm down a little <laughs> bit about it? But, you know, it's great that we have me forms of media where we can express our opinions. Yada, yada. Yada, yada. Uh, I say that with more enthusiasm. I, I, uh, there's a family member in my life who gets very frustrated at the left-leaning shows and will shut off shows. And I think that's totally within their purview to do that. And I usually don't mind or pay attention to much, but again, Carnival Row was really hitting hard on it. And it was enough for me to stop. But I was just like, yes, yes, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Yes. We're all treating immigrants super shitty. Thank you. I read the news. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but otherwise, the concept was super cool. I'm curious about the boys, if they're going to do another season of that. I hope they do. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of other shows that really stood out to me. I guess maybe going back to either It's Always Sunny or Dirk Gently's. I really like Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Did I ever make you watch that? I talked about it a lot in the spring. I wasn't sure if I ever made you watch it. I don't think you made me watch it. If you did, <sighs> I don't remember it at all. <laughs> You would have remembered it. It was okay. really, really well done. Dirk's a, 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 Dirk Gently was written by Douglas Adams, who also wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. And it was very, very, very good. Again, kind of loses the plot mid-second season, but you can tell that's when they found out that maybe they are getting canceled. So, uh, again, there's a weird cliffhanger, but the idea is Dirk Gently is a detective agent, and holistic in this case, meaning, like, yeah, everything just kind of connects. It's like, a, it's like a bubbly Sherlock in a way, where he's not trying too hard to figure things out he's just like oh yeah the clues will come to me mm -hmm. and then his foil is a woman who's a holistic assassin and she just kills whoever's in her path and she's like oh yeah no if they come to me i'm supposed to kill them i know this and i know it's gonna lead me to dirk gently because i have to kill him too and it turns out her her goal isn't to kill dirk gently it's actually her goal is to protect dirk gently and the person she ends up killing like well, on her way to him kind of intertwines it's like this whole idea that the universe is really connected in ways that we couldn't possibly fathom Elijah Wood's in it as the, as the main character, and it's him being kind of a neurotic mess and dealing with, with Dirk Gently's antics. And I don't know, it was just, it was really well done. Very clever. The dialogue was super well, well done. It's on Hulu for those interested. Yeah. Man. Huh? We haven't, it's, we've been talking for an hour, and we haven't even talked about shows that we've continued to watch. Oh, God. Well, then I'll breeze through the ones that I watch. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Don't mind me as I took up all that time. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. So I watched, yeah, that Stranger Things crap. That, that glow stuff. Uh, Voltron had a final season, and I think it retroactively made the rest of the show unwatchable. Oh, no. That was one of my favorite fucking, like, I'm gonna recommend this to everyone. This is just Avatar again. Like, the Airbender folks, they just made a show, and it's really good. And, like, like get over the fact that it's Power Rangers and watch it. It's just a really <laughs> good adventure show. And it's like, the the last fucking episode is so fucking dumb that it's like, Wow, this entire adventure was worth nothing. This is like the new fucking Mass Effect 3 ending where it's like, wow, everything built up to dog shit. Fuck that. This is stupid. Like, you know how a show should end? A show should end how it was built up to end. You shouldn't pull crap in the ending out of nowhere to make a more interesting ending. Let the pieces land where you set them up to land. Like, just. Don't write an, like, have an idea of where you want to end. Have, like, a destination. And then drive the car there and let the characters get out and do whatever they're gonna do there how you wrote them to act. Don't, don't try and manage it too much. Like, no, oh, mm, sorry. Yeah? I, I didn't mention Handmaid's Tale. 
Uh, oh. you, I, I bitched at you about that a lot, about mm-hmm. the end of the season, this new season. I'm like, just fucking let her die. Let it happen. Yep. <laughs> just like, you wrote it up to this point. Do it. <sighs> Why change it? Man. They, uh... I'm sorry your show had that happen to it. Voltron literally tries to redeem someone who destroys not just the universe, but reality. Like, every universe and every reality, every infinite poss- fucking ended. Life sucked. Lives ended. Is it like trying to redeem Thanos? It's worse because Thanos killed half the people in one galaxy. This bitch (laughs) killed everyone- in every infinite universe and almost like like we were it now we are it we are the only reality and then maybe like they're kind of brought back but it's like you killed everything like not you killed everything and then you realize that the graph was three-dimensional and then built up into everything like and then they they redeem her and it's like like i think that redeeming villains is something that you, like, humanizing and redeeming villains is a hard thing to do, and I think it can be a really interesting thing to do, if done well. When done poorly, it's fucking dog shit. And when you, like, redeem a character just to kill them, what's the fucking point? Like, if, if, you're, if you're not gonna do anything with it or say anything about it, then just shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so Voltron... Watch all of it, don't watch the last episode, and just imagine how it ends. Because that show's really great, and it's just that ending that I'm pissed about. They, uh, they, they, they have a character in there, because they do, like, they do a slideshow of what happens to all the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's cheap. Like, in the credits, they tell you where they all ended up, and they, oh, like, write weird. it out for you. One of the characters, the leader, the mm-hmm. guy in charge... There's a really cool, it's not even a reveal, there is a flashback where you realize that he had a husband back on Earth, and, like, they were both dudes at the Academy, and, like, blah blah blah, and it's like, like, everyone freaked out about it, but it's like, like, freaked out in a good way, but it's like, it was really subtle, it's not like, like, oh my god, you're gay? It's like, no, it's just, he's stoic and he's professional, he's never talked about his love life, and he's kept his remorse in check. Like, he has lost his husband and has been dealing with that the whole show and like it but he keeps it together because he's a good fucking leader and his end slide is uh that he got gay married to an extra and there's a gay kiss and it's like oh my god but i don't know who that is that's just a rando like is like in it thanks for it, throwing us a bone really it, appreciate it it feel because these are the avatar folks so they're the folks mm. that did the korasami where kora oh, okay. and asami ended up together and everyone felt slighted because it was only alluded to and then it actually happened in the comics but oh. nothing ever happened on screen so the last shot of ultron is is like we're gonna give the fans a gay kiss and it's like well like do that in the show why are you tacking it on to the end as like a, also, do you remember this? Because it feels cheap and it feels like you're using his sexuality. Like rather like what he's like, he's like a fucking military commander that like lost, like he became crippled and had to like figure out how to work with. What does he do professionally? Like you talk about all, all these other characters, like what they went off to do and like, like, what they did into retirement and all these, like, big organizations that they founded. 
And then for this main character, it's like, ha ha, he had a gay kiss. And it's like, but what did he do? Like, you, like, you could have shown in that same slideshow, you could have shown him, like, on his porch, like, with his new husband, and you could have had, like, a gay kiss, but then also been, like, but he founded all this, and he founded this thing for people. Not, like, his end is that he became someone's trophy husband. <laughs> like, that felt super cheap, and it felt like they were just kind of, like, it, it, it did not feel good. It did not feel like a wholesome use of that. Like, it felt like, they, it, it, like, God. Like, because everyone else got, like, an actual sort of wrap-up, even though they were rushed, and he didn't. And I'm biased because he's, like, my favorite character, but, like, he didn't get dick. He, no, he did. He, okay, so he actually did. But, like, he, like, like, this person went off to form, like, reform this, like, secret order, and he turned them into, like, a humanitarian group. This person, like, founded a technical institute and did all that, and, uh, he, yeah, God, God, it's so bad. And that's on top of it just being a bad ending. Like, this is what's, what gets tacked on to the end, and it's it just fucking... Oh my god, they they did not realize that, the, like, it, it feels like we, we reached the end of the line, and they fell asleep at the brakes, and they're like, oh, fuck! We have to end this! Like, we knew it was ending, but also we didn't plan for it. I watched Hilda... Hilda's a kid show for kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really liked it. It's really wholesome. It has a lot of cool messages. And I would recommend that to anybody because it's one of those, like, it's not like one of those kid shows that has like a, like a, like, oh, but it actually has like a darker theme to it. It's just like a really wholesome, like, like, thing to watch. And it's, it's, I, I really like, like it. Adventure Time. Before yeah. it got, like, into the, again, darker themes. Yeah. This this is just, like, girl and her mom, like, moving from one place to another, and there's, like, also magical crap going on. And it, it, it's really good. I like it a bunch. What else? Watched all those. I finished Orange is the New Black. Uh, that is, that is a show, I don't know if they thought it was ending. I don't know what happened there. That is... So I really, really liked Orange is the New Black. I feel like by the end, they were conflating things that, like, really, really muddled some of the messages they were trying to get across. Like, mm -hmm. like making two conflicting points by combining these two issues so that we can, we can handle them in one. But then it makes them way more gray and, and less responsive. and. I don't give a fuck about Piper. I could give a shit. And I, like, that. I think that's the, like, the opinion of most people who watch the show. Mm -hmm. But they do a whole fucking thing with her and then it ends fucking stupid. Oh, it's it, a bummer. It, uh, oh, are you gonna watch it or finish it or do you not give a I, shit? I, I already know how it, how it ends, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Alex, um, Alex gets transferred to Ohio and Piper is in a really healthy, really good relationship with this very successful woman who makes her very happy and gives her all this stuff. And like, and it's just, it's really wholesome and it feels like a really good turn for Piper because the relationship with Alex is abusive and shitty and manipulative. And uh, it ends with uh, Piper gives up all that crap 
and moves to Ohio so that she can work at a Starbucks and keep visiting her, her shitty, abusive girlfriend instead of, like, settling into this new relationship and this new beginning and, like, having a, a new, fresh start on things. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't feel good. It's like, oh my god. And they, like, break up twice and it's really cringy. Uh, because I hate Alec. Like, I really like her actress, but I hate Alex as a character. I, I do not like her. The way she dramatizes things and the way that she always has to have the last word on things. And, like, like they're already kind of broken up, but now I'm going to call you in so I can re-break up with you so it feels like I did it. It's like, fuck you. Fuck you. There's There's a lot of good shit in that show, and it feels like it like the percentage of good shit to who gives a fuck starts to get worse and worse as the show goes on and it ends on on a weird note where i think it's like supposed to feel emotional and by the end it's just like oh it's over now okay good oh okay good i could have read about this on wikipedia and i feel like i'd be more satisfied <laughs> than like seeing how they ended up man you know what other dumb anime crap i watched that i really liked yeah, what? Fucking, uh, I watched all of Agrit Suko. Yeah. That thing about the, the angry red panda. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked that. That just felt wholesome and good to me. I like wholesome good things. Yes, you do. I'm so sick of, of dark, stupid crap that's trying to tell me something. Like, Penny Dreadful. Like... I'm so fucking done with shows like that. I just, I just want to watch happy things that make me feel good. I, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's where I'm at. Um, I watched more Better Call Saul, and uh, boy, watching Bob Odenkirk without any makeup, trying to play like an 18 year old version of himself in flashbacks. <laughs> oh man, that is a show that I like. It, you're, you're working within a timetable. Like, you have, you have this much in-lore time to get this done before you need to be over here, and they keep renewing it again and again and again. And it's like, so what? Was, was Saul, like, 67 when he met Walt? Like, what, what the fuck? I don't know. It, Better Call Saul is, like, it's made by the original creators of, of Breaking Bad, but it feels like, here's more, like, here's more of that Breaking Bad feeling without, like, the clear direction and root of it. Because you know where all of it ends, and, and like, it, it's it's cool to see origins, but it's cool for, like, a season to see where everyone started. Mm -hmm. Like, now it's at a point where, like, oh, everyone knew each other. Everyone was in on it. Everyone already had, like, major character development and, and like, blah, blah, blah. Who, who cares? This is why this thing was this color. I don't give a fuck. I watch like every other American, I watched a bunch of Queer Eye. Queer Eye is my favorite thing. Queer Eye makes me feel good. Again, wholesome fun. Yep. I managed to miss the Queer Eye. Like, again, I know you and Haley, I watched like maybe a bit of season two, but um, I, I couldn't quite get on, on top of it as much as you guys did. That's fine. I don't know. I think watching Queer Eye made me realize how much like Queer Eye stuff is out there. Like, how many people post about it and make references to it that I wasn't getting, and now I do? I don't know. I, I, I just, I like them. My favorites are when they make over the old men, and the old men 
who who never took care of themselves like realize like how cool they can be. I like it when old men cry. That's a good one. I I I just I like when that happens. Some episodes some episodes of cry fucking hate. I don't know if that's like what you're supposed to feel, but some of them are like you don't need any help. What the fuck are you talking about? Like some of them just feel like advertisements for things. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these problems are th- like just go to your hairdresser and be like, I want to change, and they'll fix it for you. Like that's all you need, and that's all you. You don't even need that. Like you're fine. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and like I like Karamu because this whole thing is like lifestyle changes, and for some people that aren't like in any distress whatsoever, it's like. Uh, I don't know, we're gonna write the names of all of your fucking high school class on balls in a ball pit, and you're gonna, like, jump into it naked or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, sometimes it's really fucking grasping for it. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want. <laughs> what else? I, uh, man. The only other thing, okay, so, uh, I guess it's a movie. I watched Invader Zim enter the Florpus. I haven't yet, is it good? It's so good. It, oh shit! It's I only bring it up because it's not a show, but it's it's a movie about a show, and I only bring it up because I have watched it probably like five times. Oh man! I and like I, as you know, I hopped on the Invader Zim thing way late, mm-hmm. and like that was one of those things. Like, damn, I wish I watched this. And then this movie came out. This movie just feels like a very long, very well written episode of the show. Like hits like everything hits with it it just feels really good and i think it could be a finale like it ends on a note where this could equally be a reboot or just a finale Hmm. like both options feel like equally possible and equally as satisfying like if it just ended here that is a great ending like this this all feels like all these click and i know where it could go but I could also stand seeing where it goes and really enjoy that. So I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to see if you had watched it. I was scared too. It's real good. So the little bit of clips I've seen, they started remaking the comics. Or they started mm-hmm. making comics for Invaders in a few years back. And I was yep. buying those religiously. Mm-hmm. I read the first few. I stopped reading them. I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was necessarily against Invaders in by any means. It just wasn't holding my interest. But I also fairly diehard fan, at least I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And so I kept buying it because I also want to support the people who are creating it so that way people know, the creators know, and the companies know. You, you know. You, hey, you guys, if you like something, fucking buy it. If it's a comic, keep buying it because otherwise uh, no one else will. Your your thing counts. But um, I, I know like that the, at least the clip that I saw, I think is the first story arc that hits in the comics. So it's been like, well, okay, I've already experienced it, so do I really need to watch it? If that makes sense. So, um, from what I understand, they pull a lot from the comics, mm-hmm. but they're telling, like, a new story, and it wraps up, like, it's all contained. Um, like, I know, I know, I haven't read the comics, but I know, like, specific things. They pull things from the comics, like, Dib Spaceship, and, like, certain characters, and blah blah blah, but they're, like, reintroduced in different contexts, okay. and then they're, like, you, they use that as, like, ingredients in the gumbo to make a new thing that everyone can enjoy so like if you read the comics you're rewarded by knowing what these references are but also it just feels like if the comics never happened you could just jump from the show to this and feel like now you're getting a series finale or a series reboot whichever they want it to be 
But Spencer, you just kicked on like one of my biggest pet peeves about media to media transfers. Yeah. When I read a media book, comic, whatever, I want the exact thing on the screen. So it's probably a good thing I haven't read too much of the comics. Because <laughs> I would be furious. Like you, So you went through the effort of taking some of these ideas, but not all of them. You had to switch them. Cool. Great. Awesome. So I get very mad about that. I think what they've decided, I think the comics are non-canon. Uh, oh, okay. And, and this is like... The comics are what they were doing when they, they couldn't... So, like, the comics are their own thing happening in their own timeline, and the movie is this. So it's like, there are certain things that the characters would have done that they did in the comics, because that's, like, true to what the characters are. But now we're going to pull them in, and here's, like, the new threat. It's not even a new threat. I shouldn't... There, there's not, like, oh, there's a it's new a alien. <laughs> it's it, like, there's not really a major threat, really. It's... It's that... A big thing happens, and it's, oh god, it's really good. I, uh, the only thing I, I don't like about it is the fact that nobody's clipping enough of it and putting it on YouTube. So there's, like, certain bits that I really like, and I'm like, I don't want to have to go to Netflix and just pull this up to watch it again. I just, I want to type it into YouTube and get this 13-second clip of this funny thing happening, and it's like, I can't get that. Wow, wow. Uh, the voice actors are old. They, yeah, uh, I have a picture with Gurr, the guy who voice acts Gurr. Yep. The last MizCon I went to, I got a picture with him. It was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Nice guy. So the, the guy who voices um, Zim and he voices Orthopox and Destroy Humans, mm -hmm. I really like him because I like that his voice doesn't change too much when he's just talking to people. Like, that's just his voice. And I really like that because it's coming out of the body of this, like, like kind of heavy set, like, older guy mm -hmm. with, like, like... He has, like, very, very glowing skin. It's weird. He's, like, a... Not a weird-looking guy, but he's, like, very much a character. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I want to meet him. I want to have a conversation with this guy. Ugh. I think you would really like it. I think it's... I think it plays to both sides. I think knowing that the, the comics were them, like, spitballing when they thought that they would never get it back. Gotcha. And this is them, right, oh, right. we have it back now. But we also like a lot of the things that we did in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to watch that now. But we have, now we have the actual shows to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like, think we talked for almost an hour and a half about shows we watch. I thought we kind of breezed through them, but I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about stuff, Spencer. I'm really glad. Did I watch anything? Like, I'm just looking. <laughs> I think, uh... I think we knew going into this that I was the binge-aholic that can't control herself. I watched Incredibles 2. I didn't like that. I'm just, I'm We're looking at my Netflix. About that. <laughs> I'm looking at my Netflix just like, what, what the fuck actually happened this year? Yeah, let's get <laughs> oh, the actual shows, because I think that's a lot of what I watched. Yeah. Like I say, the only other show I could think of that was passed would be the new, or uh, the 13th season of Always Sunny. But. Yep. Fuck it. Let's, let's move onwards. Mm -hmm. forward and onwards so for me the three shows that i really stuck with were good place yep my hero academia mm -hmm. and house of cards yep you want to talk a little about bit those of... you want to deep dive yeah so for and, and like the last one is again i got a little bit into orphan black maybe about halfway through season two okay but those were the ones that i really stuck with what were the ones that you really stuck with all right so i really 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 tried to stick with buffy Oh. I think I'm only in season two. Okay. That is one that I'm going to need to get sick one day and just yes. stay in bed and dedicate time to and get hooked again. I think we talked about it when we like recorded the episode. Mm -hmm. I, I finished the Mick real quick. <laughs> I love the Mick. 
The Mick was great. You know what should have gotten another season? The Mick. The Mick? You know what I'm really glad got cancelled and laughed about getting cancelled? AP, AP Bio. <laughs> AP Bio. I really like that first season. I think you were right. I think it is kind of predictable. I do think that season one should have been it. Because the ending of season one is they get their revenge, they destroy the guy's life, but, like, Jack getting into Harvard again was reliant on that guy. And now they've basically, like, turned this guy into a sex offender? So his word oh, means shit. dick. Jack, you can never come back because you're, you're in cahoots with a sex offender. And it's all a lie. Like, Jack made it up. Mm -hmm. Like, they catfished the poor dude. So now Jack is stuck, and he's, like, really depressed and doesn't know what to do, and he's sitting in class, and, like, they slowly, like, they're just talking and, like, trying to cheer him up, and, like, one of them is like, man, you know, if I could get revenge on this guy as hard as you got revenge on him, and he's like, what? Why do you want revenge? Oh, because he, like, blah, 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 and Jack's like, that's not cool, and it's like, yeah, blah, blah, and he goes up and he's like, well, you should do this and blah, blah, blah. And he comes up with like a plan for this guy to get back at his like karate coach. And another kid's like, well, I have problems with blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And, the, and it ends with he's writing on the board all the names of all these people that bullied the kids and all the people that the kids want to take down. God. And it's like, it's kind of serious and heartfelt because it's like the thing where like, oh, of course he's going to care about these kids, but like, this is him caring about them. It's like him helping them destroy people's lives. But it's like all these kids that get bullied and like fucked up on a daily basis because of who they are. And it's mm -hmm. like writing down this big list on the, on the blackboard of like all these people are going to fuck up and all these like potential plans and like what we could do to get at them. And that's where the season ends. And that's where it should have ended. That is a great ending because I can imagine what they do from there. And it, it's like almost heartwarming and sweet in a really <laughs> fucked up way. Season two was a fucking slog. I handled that like even after it aired, it was like I could get through like maybe an episode every two weeks. Oof, like it required oof. stamina to sit through that shit. And they set it up. They wanted a season three and they did not get it. They, <laughs> that, was it uh, as much of a slog as season five or as a development? All of season five of Arrested Development was a slog. Where the fatigue started to set in with AP Bio was like the last five episodes. Gotcha. So it's like, it was bad, but that was where it's like, oh my god, I want to lobotomize myself. I want to take like a, like a wine, like a fucking, like, uh, a fucking corkscrew and just like put it right into my fucking temple and just see what I can do. Like, Why did you keep with it then? Why didn't you stop? Because I wanted to finish it. I want. I wanted to see what fucking Glenn had fucking planned. Like, what? Why did you keep doing? What did you write? Like, what was so important that y'all stopped like focusing on Always Sunny as like your big thing? And like, you know what? I really like the Mick. Uh, AP Bio uh, can can burn in hell, I guess. But what I'm what I'm really thankful for, what I'm most thankful for in this whole thing is that now that all of their dreams of going on their own personal projects have been crushed, now season 14 of Always Sunny is probably going to be really good. Who knows? Who knows? I, I'm also of the mind, again, I, I really like season 13. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also reaching the end of its lifespan. I think the... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The humor just isn't as appreciated anymore. 
And not that it hasn't aged well, I just, I think we move on as, as a culture of what's funny and what's not. Because the thing is, they've always handled topics, but I don't know that the show has always been topical. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, like it, it always tries to handle, like, big issues, but I don't know that it's ever tried to handle, like, what's in the news, like, this month. True. And I, I think also the nature of how we've evolved from, like, the first step is just racism in general. Versus doing a grab em by the pussy episode. Like, that that's yeah. one of those things where, like, because of the way our culture has been fucked up, that stuff happens for a month and then goes away. And that mm. sucks. But, like, it, it's not, like, racism as a whole. It's like, the now it felt like a lot of those episodes were, were them trying to tackle things that happened. It, so I'm playing Borderlands 3 right now. And when they make jokes about dabbing in Fortnite and crap, you realize, oh, this was written during this month. And like, oh, that, the, oh. Oh. Like, I don't know, I liked season 13. I know I, I didn't at first. I think the first couple episodes, like, I, I just didn't give a fuck. But like, like, like I, I told you guys, that final scene, because I'd seen it before, but seeing it in the context of the whole season, I actually teared up. I actually fucking cried at that, like, not even stupid, but, like, that unexpectedly fucking great scene. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it got me, and I think that, like, redeemed the whole season, knowing that maybe it was gonna build to something, but I'm hoping that season 14 has a little more structure, or not no structure, just something. Chaos. Chaos. The chaos chaos is that good. is always sunny. The I, unexpected. Yeah. What like, else did you watch? What what else? Oh, I don't watch any more fucking Hannibal. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Californication. I watched that whole fucking show, and I think uh, we talked about Mad Men, so I won't get too much into the themes. But Californication is another one of those shows that I think the idea is we are going to hook a very specific kind of mainstream audience with promises of this, this, and this. But then as the show goes on, you're going to realize that we're not trying to glamorize this. We're trying to, like, like, because the show is about an author in Hollywood who bangs a lot of chicks. And if you ever try to look up Best of Hank Moody or anything like that, what you're going to get is a lot of, like, uh, uh, pickup artists making videos for incels about how to bang chicks like Hank Moody. And... That is missing the whole fucking point of the show. Because <laughs> just like Don Draper, where it's like all these things that people fetishize Don Draper for are the reasons he hates himself. Hank Moody, uh, it starts off, he's been divorced. They have like a 10-year-old daughter. His career is uh, kind of stagnated. But he's charming and witty and has a lot of sex. And the show is about him... Like, what it ends up being about is not him having sex and having a romp in, in Hollywood. The show is about that as a vice for covering up all the immense stress and pain that he feels that he doesn't deal with constructively, um, and how he has become incredibly self-destructive, and how it's, like, him constantly running away from what matters, which is... At first, it's, oh, I'm going to try and get back with my, my ex-wife. And then it transforms into, that's not the important part here. The most important part is 
my daughter and trying to raise her and be a good father and blah, blah, blah. And part of that is getting along with my ex-wife. And we need to be a team even if we're not back together and we're not in love. And so the show evolves from, and it feels very intentional. It doesn't feel like they picked this up like near the end. It feels like this was building the whole time, but it goes from him being reckless to him trying to control it and failing to the last shot of the show is there. Becca is getting married. She's an adult now, and she is getting married to a guy that Hank does not like. He thinks he's a creep, but he comes to the realization that, but I wasn't an example. I wasn't a guideline. I wasn't a guiding force. I was a bad father. I don't have any right to judge her, and if she has found someone that, that makes her feel accepted and happy and can be a team player with her, then I have to be supporting my daughter now. Even though she's an adult and she's not in my care, I have to still support her because that's what you do as, as a good dad. And it's him on a flight with his ex-wife and they are holding hands as they are flying out to go and see their daughter get married. And it's really wholesome. And he gets his drinking sort of like he's, he's starting to get his drinking under control. He's getting his drug habits under control. And he is very, very, very much trying to avoid sex. And it's such a huge turn from him, like, bumbling his way into all these situations. And it is really, really good. And it feels really wholesome for a show that is, that is about a, a drunken author sleeping his way through Hollywood. The, the show is about fatherhood and, and trying to be a good father and trying to be a good person. And, and trying to keep your life together and the way that people bury themselves in their vices. And that point is completely missed by people that, that just watch it as, as like softcore pornography and, and just want to pick up how, how, to, how to get chicks from this, this show that was about dialogue being written and characters reacting how they're written to do and translating that to, oh, but real women are like this, right? Like, uh, God. So that's one of the shows that I really like, but there is a culture around it that I don't really like. That, that was a good one. I liked that. That made me very emotional at times. That was, that was a hard hitter. That rocked my ass more than once. Man, I, I forgot about Clueless. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> right now, because I was looking through the episodes that I had to, like, like, Okay, like, what, what shows have I kept on with? And blah, blah, blah. I looked at Clueless. I was like, was that like a... Was, was that like a procedural? What the fuck? Was that, was that a Netflix thing? So t I did not keep up with that. I did not watch the movie. What I, I did... Darman Gregg, I think, was the other one. And I think Darman Gregg, I'm still watching it. That is a good fallback, just watch a silly sitcom show. Mm -hmm. And Veep. I've been trying very hard to finish Veep. Whenever I'm just doing things, I will pull Veep up on my fucking phone and watch it. <laughs> I fucking love that show. That is... I'm so glad. I'm so glad that at least one of the shows I recommended stuck. And I'm really glad that you were able to sit down and watch it. And still we're watching it. Yeah, it is... Uh, the dialogue, the humor, it just... It compounds, man. And I... <laughs> I love that every character in that cast is a horrible fucking shitty person because that's that's what politics are. 
and I, I fucking love the conflict. I love watching them all call each other out with this with this total like obliviousness to like where are you standing right now? Man, I, I hit a point in the show where there's a big freak out on Selena and they're <laughs> it sucks that you are the first female president because now you're gonna be the last one. Because you are the worst thing to ever happen to America. And she just kind of sits back and like flexes her jaw like, mm, yeah. And then she walks away and it's like, oh, oh. Oh, oh. And I don't know. I I like that. I, I really like that there is a balance between, yes, Selena is horrible, but also she can get shit done. And she's like, I don't know. There's like equal measure of her being like cool and powerful and like smart, but also she has nothing under control and she's like a terrible person and a horrible mom. But I like that her kid is is like also just like acting out and is also kind of horrible and like... There's not really any innocent bystanders in that show. None. Everyone has a quality of disgusting to them. It's everything is covered in grime, and I love it. This this is one of those shows that isn't just like happy and heartwarming. But I I I like like you know what? It reminds me very much of Arrested Development. You're right. Yep, yep. Where it's like there, I love some of these characters, but there's nobody in here that I would ever go out to. Like I would never like want to have like a like a like oh if you could have lunch with any person none of these people <laughs> get them the fuck away from me i i i am not equipped to handle that that's a good one i really like it i uh i'm excited to see where it ends um because right now it, the breaks are have not been been thought about so i'm hoping that it has an ending and that it wasn't just like canceled and cut I think it has an ending. I think. Okay. Okay. I'm excited then. I, uh. <laughs> what if. Well, it's. There haven't been a lot of shows that have actually made me laugh out loud. Like, you always have those shows that make you smirk. But, like, shows that actually make you laugh at your computer. Like, those are rare. And, and Veep is a very, very <laughs> powerful example of that. I'm still marveling. You're right. It's, 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 it has arrested, arrested development qualities to it, for sure. I I would be interested to hear, like, if the writers have ever said anything about that, or if there's, like, crossover between the writers. Yeah, that's probably a way to find out. Yeah, well, there there is, like, a, a whole, like, internet movie database we could go to. I mean, one second. I mean, if, if, if some of the Arrested Development writers could go work on Avengers, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure they could do Veep. Did they? Yeah, um, they, let's see, because there's, there's two big references to it. During Civil War, the Bluth car is in the background in the airplane scene, and then Tobias, or at least a blue man in cut-off shorts and a mustache, is in one of the collector's tubes during Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh my fucking god. I have been living on an asteroid or something. I, I had no idea. So, okay, uh... When I Google, did anyone from Arrested Development write for Veep? All I get is a bunch of Tony Hale stuff. So... You know what? That's... that. Man, I I did not connect that dot for a second. Didn't do any writing. It's just that everyone is... is that's like the only Arrested Development. Okay, but... but immediate they, Google page one from a, a one search. If nothing else, there's an awareness of it. 
Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. So let's see here. I'm really glad you liked Veep. I think I'm going to start with uh, Hearts of Cards. Hearts of of Cards. cards. (laughs) Uh, House of Cards. I'm uh, halfway through season two. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a chance to finish it. I just finished the episode where Zoe dies. And by dies, I mean gets pushed into the fucking subway. Fucking obliterated. Just in wasted. This, in this political drama, bitch gets pasted by a train. Although maybe, oh, I can't remember, does Zoe die after the the other death of bald guy? Yeah, because wasn't that season one? Or did he die in season two? I don't know. I, I get, I, the downside of binging is that it all kind of blends together. Yep. No, I, th- um, I think, uh, yeah, his, his suicide is... Uh, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Was that the finale, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It's because it's them tying up all their loose ends. Like, they... Mm-hmm. And Zoe just happens to be one of them come season two. I, I, I really felt like the Zoe death was weird and mm-hmm. out of place. Again, I think Frank is fucking cutthroat, but the impatience he had to do that didn't seem mm-hmm. very Frank-like, even with all the circumstances around him. I've, I've really liked House of Cards. I plan on continuing to watch it. I just didn't get a chance to finish it before our finale episode. Yep. I, <laughs> I'm just going to keep referring to him as Frank because the actor is still human garbage. Yes. Voldemort. <laughs> Several times I've messaged Spencer over the course of writing this. I'm like, why the fuck is he so talented? What the fuck? Who God did this? Who did fucking... this? But uh, yes, his performance is stellar. And I really like robin wright a whole bunch but mm. i can already feel halfway through season two i'm like mm, it's on the downslope like i can already feel they had a super strong first season and they just yep. couldn't quite hold on to it and uh. i don't know what to chalk that up to i'm not sure if it's just a, a weird numbness to the, the stuff that's happening around them now now it's not so unexpected anymore uh, and i i don't know so i think season two's ending is very strong and could have been the ending of the entire show Mm-hmm. There are parts of season three that I really like. It was okay. But, but, I think the show suffers from this, this very dangerous syndrome where uh, writers tend to become addicted to the scent of their own farts. Oh. <laughs> and what happens is by season four, you have a bunch of random extras that nobody gives a shit about meeting in dark rooms and, like, dramatically, like, snarking political drama at each other and 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 you have frank talking to people about the power of corporate america and like all this stuff where it's like oh y'all are just a parody of yourselves now but you (laughs) like you don't know it yet Mm -hmm. It, it becomes a show that gets too wrapped up in itself and its own image and just becomes a not good that's what it is. That it it becomes not. It's bad. It it just becomes dark edge lord political drama, and that's you are, a shame. You are witnessing the descent into that from like clever and dark to dark and clever to dark and edgy to oh, th- this season's for Reaper mains. <laughs> this uh, like it it gets it gets fucking dumb. Mm, that's a bummer. And they're like, Frank can be dark. I think the murder was out of nowhere, but there's certain lines. There's certain lines where he'll make threats at people that I really like. But that, because that's like so quotable and people like those, they mm-hmm. turn them up. And they keep turning the amp up until it's static that's shaking the house. Ooh. 
bummer. But yeah, if if you like it by the end of season two, I would say get to maybe season three and then stop. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because like season four was unbearable. And maybe season five has some good shit, but I, I'm I'm not gonna watch it without having seen season four. And like it's Robin Wright having to carry the whole show, and it's not that I don't think she's capable, it's that there was like an interview where she was like talking about the stress of that and mm -hmm. how she feels it affected her performance. And it's like, I don't wanna have to watch you suffer through that. <laughs> that sounds abysmal, and I'm so sorry you got fucking sucked into this. Ugh. What else did you watch? So say like I wish I had more to say about House of Cards besides the fact that like I, I'm I'm incomplete at this point. Like I'm I'm mid show and yep. I, I think most of my thoughts are still about the same from when we did our episode on it. However, yeah, I did watch all three seasons of My Hero Academia in like two weeks. <laughs> Hell yeah! So now I am eagerly awaiting season four. I wasn't sure if I would. I kept watching the first few episodes, season one. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. And then I got hooked. It goes places. It Oh my god, doesn't it though? Holy shit. I uh they go they do a really good job of balancing character development to major plot points. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it reminded me vaguely of Full Metal Alchemist in that sense. Yep. Whereas you're gonna have these like little mini story arcs about character development. And it's like, oh yeah, they're they're fucking kids. And then oh here's the soul crushing story, by the by. Mm-hmm. And, mm -hmm. and and hearing angry kid be all angry or the fact that he feels like it's his fault that All Might loses his powers fucking hurt so bad. Did you uh okay, so this is gonna be this is gonna be the weebiest thing I've ever okay. asked you. Did you listen to the 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 sub or the dub for that scene? I did dub, because you know I always do dubs. Yep. Okay. So that scene, because I was watching them as they came out, so I had to watch them as subs. That was the only time, I think, ever in recorded history that I was like, oh my god, that performance, like, it's in another language and it blew me away. Because, like... The, I remember so, you mentioning that when, yeah. when we were talking about it. Like, there's a scene that you're gonna have to watch, so I'm glad now I know how to go uh, back. So the, the thing is, because, like, Bakugo, when... So in the English, like, version, he is... He's an adult man playing a boy, so he has to do that voice as a character... So it's like him doing the angry teenage voice, and he can weaken that, but it, even when he's, like, sad and broken, it still sounds like he's doing the angry teenage voice. The Japanese version, it is it is a guy who's, like, professionally trained to sound, like, younger, mm -hmm. and he's, like, doing, like, the angry stern voice, but when he has that scene, you can actually hear, like, his voice is shaking, like he's mm -hmm. on the verge of crying. And he can't do the angry voice anymore. He's Aww. just a sad, upset little kid. And it's like, like, actually breaking down and actually heartbroken. And is actually losing control. And like, voice shaking sounds like for the first time, like, super weakened. And it, it hits. It's, it's real sad. That's the only example. Everything else, like, watch it in the dubs. But like, that one, you don't even have to, like, just go back to it. And I, I remember that being like, it fucking hit me. And I had to re-listen to it in a language I don't understand. <laughs> what else? What else you got on it? I, let's see, what else do I have on it? I really like the League of Villains, naturally. Mm -hmm. I, again, I sent you a very excited message at the time of like, oh, shock. There's a blonde, peppy, crazy girl. Of course I love her. Like, naturally, a fucking course. I just, I saw it happening a mile away. I'm like, oh, no. 
Oh, well, there's my number one right there, founder. Yep. Mm. That, so that whole, that whole, like, organization feels like, like an RP guild you would join in a heartbeat. Yes! That feels like, (laughs) that is your brand. Those are your guys. That's. Oh, God. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have the, the, the cool magic guy in the top hat. You have the, (laughs) the scarred up edgy Molgoth. How (laughs) dare you call me out like this? Just saying. It's rude. Um. No, I just, I, and I really like them, and I like that we haven't seen too much about them yet, because they're not the main threat yet. Mm-hmm. Like, the main threat is them just not knowing their own fucking strength. Mm-hmm. And the the summer camp where we saw them come in, and them realizing, oh shit, we're still kids, and we don't know what we're doing, was a very, very good story arc. I like that a lot. I like the Stain story arc, even though I felt like it was short. Yep. Between that and the one for all, all for one. I'm, I'm, I, I imagine that's what the season four is about. They're, they're planting seeds, and that's good. You don't need to explain everything right off the bat. And I'm really curious to see more of that develop in the future. And not that I don't enjoy just slice of life school time shenanigans. <laughs> Dorm living, am I right? I just, <laughs> I, I just uh, yeah, no, I think it's a really, really well done show. And every time there's a, anything between uh, Bakugo or Midoriya, I just... It gets my heartstrings. The power oh. of friendship. Midoriya is such a good kid. He's just trying his best, damn it. And there's oh, there's a scene with um God, what is her fucking name? The the girl that has a crush on Midoriya. Uh Uraraka. Uraraka, yeah. yeah. There's a scene where she's looking at him and like clearly she like is going through the whole season three of like, I have this crush and what am I gonna do? And it's not so much that he doesn't notice her, but it's her recognizing he has bigger things on his plate and that she doesn't have time for that either. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't want to drag him down, but also recognizing that by having this giant crush, she's dragging herself down, and that mm-hmm. the best way to, to A, impress him, but also the best way to be her best self is to be her best self and to work as hard as, as, as he can. It's and really I thought that good. was a really good, good thing, that you could have feelings for somebody, but also recognize it's not the right time, and that to work on yourself, and you know, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If not, you have this, this someone that you can look up to. I don't know. I... The class rep storyline, too? Sorry. Oh, I yep. just Oh god, him, his brother getting fucked up, and the whole alleyway scene, him, Icy Hot, fucking all four of them going to town. It just was really well done, and I I fully expected him to die. I was waiting for him, like, oh, he's dead. Finally takes up the hero name, and fucking introduce- oh god. So, I think my hero, I think more than any other anime I've watched- has moments where, like, I will go back and I will watch that a thousand fucking times on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think the the big one that I think I brought up when we were, like, first talking about it was the, like, like I couldn't just stand there and watch you die. Yeah! Like, that's a big one. But I think after that, there's, uh, like, the, the, the sports tournament, mm-hmm. the fucking it's your power, not his... And yes. the fucking hard... Oh, man. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. And of of course, I'm an All Might guy. Of course. Of I'm, course you are. Of Fuck. course, I'm a All Might is the coolest that ever did. It's okay. <laughs> the, the fucking United States of Smash. I hate it. Oh, my God, Spencer. Oh. You have no idea how much I hate it. <laughs> God damn. Detroit Smash. Why? Why Be- are we talking like this? Be- because he he like I don't. Care. So it, it it's a cultural thing, I but know. like from a lore standpoint, All Might like interned in America, mm-hmm. and that's where he learned like how to really like present as a hero. 
because everything in America is like, like there's a, there's like boldness and simple strength and all this thing. Like he basically learned how to be Superman instead of like a cool ninja with a sword. Mm -hmm. Like he, instead of like, like instead of appealing to tropes and like the way that like heroes are idolized in Japan, he found out how to like project as just like a pillar for people. For like he is he is just the strength of a culture. So he is Japanese. He he like spent a lot of time in America. He likes a lot of the things that like America represents. And like so him doing that is just like his way of like like thinking of and idolizing like power and strength and unity. And it's like him oh god. So like him saying United States of Smash wasn't the favorite. The favorite was like, I I have this little bit of power. I'm I'm just gonna put it all into this one thing. And like his half state at the beginning of the fight where he's like half like fucking yeah. broken. And it's like in the comics it's great because like him switching his punches from arm to arm, they illustrate it very well because you don't like uh I I haven't read the comics. I saw like the panels. Yeah. But like it's not obvious that that's what he's going to do and it catches like you off guard as much as it catches him. Cuz oh. there's not like an internal monologue I'm going to move my muscles to this side. like it's just he runs up and it's like dude you're going to get yourself fucked. Oh my god. god. Look at his arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The now it's your turn. That got me to tear up. Oh. That fucking there's my hero academia regularly makes me tear up because I, I get it's it's that same thing that I think I used to get from early, early Marvel movies. But that like uh. overwhelming sense of what hero culture is supposed to do to you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you like the Froppy episode? Oh, yeah. No, uh, I liked it. I like that we got a little bit more spotlight on Sue. She has another good moment when they're kind of in that all for one one for all fight mm -hmm. where she was like well if we break the rules we're the villains and then they have that moment later on too of her talking to him outside the door i'm like yeah that was fucked up and i don't know what to do about that but no her i i like sue a lot and i like her episode with with her like internship mm -hmm. and the whole dialogue of her mentor being like you're gonna learn what it's like to be a hero i'm not gonna tell you because you're gonna find out and so um the reason i bring it up is that is the only filler episode apparently that is the only thing that, like, deviates from the manga in any, like, strong way. It's like, that never oh. happened. But gotcha. this is like, they, they had to fill one episode for time. Mm -hmm. And I think they made a really good episode. They did. Yeah, no. Oh, man. And apparently there was a movie that was made. Yep, that, that one is about, basically, that, that's the, the origin of, like, here's All Might in America. And he was best friends with, basically, Elon Musk. <laughs> And it's, like, them going around, like, here's what hero culture looks like in America, and also here's this thing. And here's, like, like they deal with super-powered terrorism like the boys does. <laughs> I, I have not fully seen the movie, because you have to buy it, and I don't give a fuck. But it is canon, and it's, like, a canon that, like, explores some stuff. That was the vibe I got. It was, like, here's some extra side story stuff, but you don't necessarily need it. So my big thing is I would have watched it if they put it out earlier, mm -hmm. but it came out after All Might gets, like, rocked 
So, like, after he's, like, retired, then they put that out. It's like, I don't want to see him all powered up again. Because, like, the whole point was that, like, now he has to live like this. And, like, when the rock fucking comes at him, and there's, like, actual fear in his fucking eyes, and it's like, oh my, I couldn't stop that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm actually, like, weaker than just a person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. God, I think the All Might thing that gets me the most is his phone his ringtones and his email alerts i just it gets me every time and even everyone around and be like are, are you fucking serious <laughs> like <laughs> it's very good it's very good i really like uh, Eraserhead as as a character yep i think he's a really good mentor and i don't know like there's not really really a whole lot of characters i don't like in the show yeah i don't think i can't think of anyone that i actively have a disinterest in it's we talked about it with glow <laughs> But I really like the ensemble casts, and I feel like this show does a good job of everyone will get their thing, and you will feel mm-hmm. like all of your favorite side characters have something going on that means something. And I like that. I like seeing the B teams work together and do shit just as cool as the A team. Like, everyone here passed their thing. Everyone here is doing the same thing that Midoriya's doing. They're just, like, they, they are good, capable kids learning their shit. They're doing their best. They're doing their best. Well, I think we only have one show to talk about, Spencer. And what would that be? The, the last show. And I think we're going to talk about The Good Place. Yep, let's And about how, how wrong I was in the episode. I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's not that cerebral. It's fine. What? Yep. A fool. A foolish fool I was. Yep. <laughs> uh, Good Place was also one of those shows I binge, like, in rapid succession. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a week, maybe less. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Uh, besides that, obviously, Tahani and Eleanor need to bang and be a couple and fuck Chidi. I don't know. That's like my biggest takeaway from it. Um, yeah, fuck Chidi. He needs to just be over there on the side. Yeah, he, uh, he is fine. He's but, fine. uh, yeah. I, I really liked. I, I don't know. It's, it's it's a good show. I, I still feel like it's slipping a little bit. I'm glad that they're ending on the fourth season. Still, even after mm-hmm. watching all three, I'm like, I'm glad they're ending on fourth season. There's no reason to push it longer than its lifespan should be. Uh, Cut it while it's good. I, I think the big moment, because you were the one that told me, oh, it's ending and blah, blah, blah. So I, I was like, well, how are they going to end it? And I stopped giving a fuck about that question when I got to the <laughs> Janet episode. Then I was like, okay, just, just, yeah, let's, let's, uh, when are we getting off? (laughs) Um, I love Janet, but I think everyone else loves Janet, and I think the writers know that people love Janet, so here's more Janet. Here's an abusive Janet. I like bad Janet. I like, I like bad Janet. Bad Janet's good. Bad Janet's a good little, good little side thing. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. Talk about all your favorite things. What were some of my favorite things about it? Okay, I, I think I don't really have a lot of favorite things. I think I have a lot of things to complain about. Mostly it's around Chidi and the romance between Eleanor and Chidi. And I felt like maybe season one was touching on it on, on a good pace. And then suddenly it was happening. I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, I still don't feel this is good. And it's because they're relying on the, like, well, you've lived all these lives together. And every life you're, maybe you don't become romantic, but you always have these really close connections. And I'm like, I feel cheated as a viewer. Yep. That I don't have that connection. Sure, that might be true, but I as a viewer do not believe it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just rushed, and now you need this plot device. And honestly, f- both of them could do better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I I like the scene they do where like Chidi knows that he's in love with her when she 
pulls the Kleenex, anticipating his needs before he knows his needs. Like, that's, that's a good statement. Like, that, that's sweet and nice. But also, I feel like we don't see that side of Eleanor very often. We only get to see that side of Eleanor in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And her trying her best, and I'm not saying Eleanor's a bad character, and she clearly wasn't great, but <laughs> I still just have a hard time viewing them getting together, particularly in season three, after he does have his dream girl. Like, the, yep. the scientist professor, I'm like, that's, that's who he should be with. Yes. And instead, it's like, no, um, we're going to be with Eleanor still. It's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it just it felt forced, and I, I like their chemistry as friends more than yep. I do as a romantic pairing. And yeah, no, I, I, um, I was talking to another friend about it, and I was like, yeah, but what about St. Clair? I'm like, shit, you're right. St. Clair's a great fucking character. So for the brief moments we see her in, just the, like, I'm naked and do you have cocaine? And just say, like, I don't give a shit about anything because I'm in this this middle place. Mm-hmm. The okay place, whatever. I just, it was, I, I, like, I like her a lot. I'm glad they didn't overuse her like they overused Janet as a funny now, device. My thing with the neutral place, like, mm-hmm. judging based on when she showed up. So when she showed up in the neutral place because she had a neutral score and blah, blah, blah. But then they reveal that the reason nobody goes to the, like... Nobody goes to the good place because it's impossible to get a score that high. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that St. Clair was actually a great fucking human being to the point where she evened out her score? Hmm. Because, like, just being mixed, like, being good doesn't get you up that high in the points. Mm-hmm. So, like, she, like, would have had to do nothing or have been really, really great. Because okay. I think I think they explain, right, that she, like, did a lot of good work for charities and shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, they explain, like, it nulled out. But then it's, like, also, every time you go grocery shopping, you lose thousands of points. So I, th- I think this is some of the weaknesses of The Good Place, is that they had this really good concept, mm-hmm. and then they had to complicate it. Yep. <laughs> and I, they, they suffer sometimes from that. Yep. And... I know your favorite one is like, but Chidi spoke French. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's like, oh, but we solved that at the beginning of the third season because he he explains it. Oh, I just speak every language, and I'm most comfortable with French. It's like, oh, oh, that makes sense. What about when you were confused when Jason said butthole and you thought he said butthole in French? <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah. And you know what? It's that nitpicky shit that like. Who fucking cares? But like you said, when you overcomplicate something like that with rules, now you have to follow every rule that you set in place because mm-hmm. you did that. And now I think that gets, uh, like you said, I think that's where they some of the weaknesses come into place because they had to keep writing rules to keep writing plot, mm-hmm. and retroactively that uh, that made some of their stuff a little wonky. On reviewing. And I think, okay, okay, we, we're we not huge fans of Whedon. Like, we are, but we aren't, right? Okay, yep. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah he's he's an alright guy, we like him. He, he, he he's... He made oh, some yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that he had, like, binders full of information for Firefly makes, mm-hmm. the like, the preemptive cutting of Firefly heartbreaking because he had a world developed. Mm-hmm. He had a plot, and... Sometimes I think shows come in and like, hey, here's this really fresh, new, unique idea coming in, not thinking, A, they'll get greenlit, mm-hmm. B, they'll get a second season. And then they're in this place of, oh, shit, we don't have 
binders of information because who has the time to put in that much time and effort into it when it might not even be picked up when shows are flying in and off air at an incredible speed like we don't really get shows that last 10 years anymore mm-hmm. well we'll get the, the 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 occasional one but there's just so much media out there that i think a lot of writers and creators know we're we'll be lucky to hold their attention for longer than a year and let's just do the best that we can with what we have i could be totally wrong I, I, someone I could come up and be like, on, no, no, no. I think no. you're on point. I, I just, I'm waiting for someone to be like, well, look at this article where the creator said, sure. I just, if, if it's the case where they had plot decided and rules decided, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a DM panicking, trying to make sure their story stays together as their players go off the rails. And again, it's not bad. I, I, all the nitpicky shit we could say. It's, it's real not, good. We, yeah, we it's a like great it. show. We binged it. Like, we clearly <laughs> like it. These are just our... Our nitpicks, because every, everyone on the planet likes it. Like we, but, we don't have to list all that. But hey, you came here to listen to us bitch about TV. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I take back. I feel bad about calling it non-cerebral because I hadn't reached the point of talking about all the ethics. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a really good way of describing ethics in a way for people who aren't into ethics to understand. Mm-hmm. And I remember going through this like the first two seasons or whatever, and I was like, man. We're going through ethics, and we're not doing the trolley problem. Ah, oh, there's the trolley problem! Like, that's, mm-hmm. like, the only thing of ethics I really am aware of. But I thought... They, and they also did a good job of not making it, like, ethics of the week. Past, like, the first few episodes, right? Like, here's here's the ethics. Now we're going to base an episode around it. It's more that Eleanor's like, oh, hey, it reminds me of this one lesson we had. And it's like, you'll get a few of those in an episode instead of just one. And I think that's really clever writing. And I think being able to take these really complex concepts... And provide it in a world, again, always addressing the lowest common denominator, without making them feel stupid. Like, that's the big part, too. It's not just like, oh, in case you don't know, here's what it means. No, it's that they do a good job of being like, hey, now everyone knows this. Here's your lesson of the day. And that was very admirable and well-written and well-done. And so I take back, because I, I think we literally recorded that show. I finished season one within, like, the next day or two. I'm like, oh, no, I've made a horrible mistake, and we have to air that. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, and, and so I was embarrassed. And of course, it's again, going to be December when you guys hear this. Just know I've been sitting in this for months knowing, <laughs> knowing what a fool I am. But it's, again, it suffers maybe a little bit just from that writer. I don't want to say newness to it. Because again, it's the same guy who does Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Mick, all this, all these shows that I like. But I just, I, don't, I just don't think they expected it to go be as well received as it is. Even though they got the funding and stuff for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. I like the the judge episode when they go to have like their souls weighed or whatever. What a great fucking character! <laughs> right? Holy shit! <laughs> um, again, someone, my friend who mentioned Saint Clair, thought of me. I'm like, okay, but it's rude that you didn't think of me with the judge because I'm way more like the judge than I am Saint Clair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but talking about binging TV, the burrito. That's like, oh yeah, I forgot about my burrito. Hang on a second. Like, it's just she's so bizarrely human for this elder being that was their own universe was created and. I don't know. The the trials were really good. Like, I, I think of, um, of course, I can't think of his fucking name. The dumb one. Jason. Jason! Yeah, Jason. His test was, like, what was this video game thing? And, like, it was just so, so perfect for him. They didn't try to make it something outside of the realm or character girls. Like, no, no. We're gonna make this simple for the simple man. <laughs> and and Tahani's being, like, this room full or this hallway full of people who are talking about her. And her kind of having the knowledge, but like, okay. I'm fucking this all over, but I need to know, and I need to have this closure. And I, th- I thought the Tahani growth throughout the show was probably the strongest. Oh yes, I, I think I think she had the most like complicated route to go down, and it's something that I think 
more people can relate to than being as fucking outright evil as Eleanor was and then becoming an okay person. Yeah. Like, I think Tahani's had the most that you could write about it. Her her episode with her sister and, and reconciling was really good. Real good. <laughs> and, because again, she, was, she hadn't grown all the way yet. She was still being very Tahani when she grabs the fucking fire axe, like demolishes the omelet station. It's like, you don't, when you become a good person, you're, you're not changed completely. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be parts of you that are still the same. It's yeah. just making the active decision to be better. How do you become the best version of yourself? Yeah. Uh, and God, I, yeah, I, I like the show and I'm glad that it's ending because I'm glad that it's ending before it fully transforms into a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Like Arrested Development did. Like I feel Orange is the New Black kind of did. Like I feel House of Cards did. Like there's a lot of shows that go so long and they just kind of like, Fuck it, what do the fans want? And it's like, yes. no, no, what is what is the, the ending that you wanted to go for? Keep keep mm-hmm. writing. We like it because you're writing it. Keep writing it. I think there's an element of two, though. Like, again, us, us snooty TV watchers. Yes. I think people like you and I, Spencer, really want to see what they want. And there's a reason we're fans of it. But when they're addressing the lowest common denominator, and those are usually people who like being written to. Well, I mean, like... And that's, I think it's, it's maybe experience with TV. Like, I, I wasn't immune to it. Like, when I was a kid, I watched Chuck. And when it's Chuck like... Chuck was really good. <laughs> like, I, I think Morgan getting the intersect was my jumping off point. But yes. Even, but before that, there was a bunch of fucking fanficy stupid garbage going into that. Like, oh my god, we're getting another Jeffster song. Ah! And it's like, I don't care what the fucking context of it is. I just want more Jeffster. I want I want to wear my Jeffster t-shirt while I fucking watch Chuck. And I want to just... Ugh. It's it's a shame when shows, again, just go too far. And it's because they get the money. And it's because it's wanted. And suddenly it's not wanted. I imagine as a creator, that has to be hard. Yeah. You know? To have that light switch moment of like, everyone loves it and now we all hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, that has to be hard. Absolutely. And, and like, I don't envy that. I don't know that I could do that. But I'm, uh, I'm really thankful that they're pumping the brakes already. Mm-hmm. That it's going to end. That it's probably going to get a spinoff or some shit. But I, uh... God, I hope not. Let, let was, it be. But again, I like when shows can come back from something like that. And they, like, here's some good shit. Like, Invader Zim rebooting and here's the same show again and yes it's what you want but it's what you want because you like the thing mm-hmm. like you like the thing and you want more of the thing so i'm gonna write more of it without looking at you know what you guys want because i'm just trust me or uh i think the last season of community did that i think like the last like two seasons of that came back and it's like season four was a nightmare because season four was like we're we're just doing, like, dumb gang adventures and there's no rules anymore. Oh, but you like there being rules. You like this kind of, sort of, almost being grounded. So we're gonna pull it back a bit and we're gonna... I don't know. I... Man, there's so much TV in the world. We'll never conquer all of it. We'll never it's be true. able to have snooty opinions about everything. It's a challenge I think it's worth trying for. <laughs> At this point, I'm a little lost as to what to watch next. I won't lie. Archer season nine was kind of my top off last night, mm-hmm. and I plan on finishing House of Cards. There's a few other shows I have have dangling. Some of those half shows I'm not gonna go back to, you guys. Yep, fuck that. Uh, Exorcist season two was rough, <laughs> but I don't know. I I this podcast has been an interesting experience because I've always been pretty critical of TV shows, 
but putting it to pen to paper to explain like this is what I like, this is what I don't like, and this is why it's bad, this is why it's good. It was real life character development. And now I'm at first I was bad to watch TVs with. Now I'm fucking insufferable. <laughs> Cause I can't help myself. I literally can't help myself. I'm almost done with Discovery, uh, Star Trek mm. Discovery. Uh, I've been watching it with my dad slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And this latest season, we're sitting there, and he and I dislike different elements of the show. But mm-hmm. it's finally getting to the point, like, well, why does this work? Time travel. And, like, that's just what the character fucking says. Time travel. I'm like, we're done. We're fucking done. When yeah. when your writing device is just saying, uh, time travel. No, mm-mm. It's, no, I, 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 I will admit, I've seen some of Discovery. I was not able to sit through most of it. Um, isn't the power of math exclamation point a quote from the show? I think so. I think that was season one. Yeah. That, uh... They have some cool characters. Tilly is a really cool character, and the actress who does her does the awkward thing perfectly. Mm-hmm. There's a scene at some point where, like, out of nowhere, a character's talking about sexualities. And it's like, sure, in this world, you're gay, but in this world, you were considered pansexual. And, like, I, going through it, and I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is happening? Like, just, it was so bizarre, and it felt super pandery. Like, oh, look at all these sexuality terms we know. And at the end of yep. it, this character leaves, and Tilly looks around, and she's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, or not what the fuck, because it's TBS or whatever, CBS. Yeah. But just, like, her, like, hitting the table, like, what just happened? And it was very well-timed, again, an example of good writing of, like, oh, you guys knew you were pushing hard on that scene. <laughs> you knew, and thank God you had a very human character to be there. And, like, Tilly is what the audience is. It's, like, it's really easy to put yourself in Tilly's shoes. It's like she's someone who's new and doesn't really know too much about the world. I think she's a good, good mirror piece. What I heard was that when they were releasing all those like shorts where it's like, mm-hmm. here's like little adventures aboard the Discovery and about the crew. I heard people were excited for that because people really like the characters. It's like mm-hmm. the writing overall, like the stuff that ties yeah. it together that fucking sucks. But I heard like these are coming out and these are going to be cool. And like even then... People were like, the characters were cool, but, like, the story in those, like, little Black Mirror episodes about these characters, like, was too much. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, uh, I don't know, like, I think what I liked about TNG was, like, here's a big problem, and we're gonna solve it like human beings do. We're gonna talk about it, we're gonna try and boil it down. And my favorite, like, my favorite thing about Star Trek is oftentimes, like, here's the best we got. Like, we, we don't know. Because nobody knows, because that's the nature of solving problems and science and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, awesome. And it sounds like Discovery is uh, the new Star Wars. Where it's, like, yeah. we're, we're doing faux sci-fi and we're doing a big space adventure. And the big popular consensus is that, talked about this, I think, is that the Orwell is the new Star Trek. Where it's, like... Orville, yeah. Orville, man. There we go. I haven't watched any of it. I... Oh, dude, you should. I hear it's, I just, I don't like Seth MacFarlane as a person. Oh. Uh, maybe I'll get over that. Maybe I'll get over that just to watch it. And then I'll stop calling it the Orwell. Well, this is it, friend. This is it. We're nearing the end. Is there anything else the world needs to know about your TV opinions? They are all based in my experiences and the things that I like. So if you have a differing opinion from me, that's great. We can talk about it or not talk about it. And the cool thing is that at the end of it, you get to have your opinion and I get to have mine. And that's really nice, audience and Alex and everyone. It's, it's cool people having multiple takes on media. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that think that the good place is garbage. 
And I respect their opinions, even if I don't respect them as people. <laughs> it's hard to, after that opinion. Yeah, it's really hard. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, I... I. How's about... The, what shows are you looking forward to watching? Is that a thing we can do? Yeah. Um, things, things in our future. Things in our future. Oh, no. Okay, so I'm looking forward to season four of My Hero, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was really expecting the new House on Haunted Hill to be out this October. It's not. It's going to be out next October. So I have mm. a whole year to wait for it. But it's going to be worth the wait, I feel like. What other shows, though? I, I am really kind of tapped out. I'm a little curious about the new season of Handmaid's Tale when that comes out. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm a little bit of a lull. There's nothing that's coming out that I've been super jazzed for. What about you? I think it's not even a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think... uh even though I, I did not like season two at all, I think I'm gonna really enjoy season three of Westworld. Oh shit, that's right. They're out of the park. It looks like it's gonna be a cyberpunk heist show. Woo! Like it's gonna be a season where like Aaron Paul is some kind of like cyberpunk heister and it has something to do with the androids in the real world. Cool. That's kind of cool. Another HBO thing, they're doing the Watchmen show, which none of the trailers excite me, but it's Watchmen, so I'll probably watch it. Oh, The Mandalorian. Yep, The Mandalorian got me. That uh, So I'm someone who really loves and really hates Star Wars, so when I saw that The Mandalorian trailer was out, I scoffed and vomited into a paper bag and all the things that us modern Star Wars fans do, and we think, like, ah, ah, Disney, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we do that. But then I watched that trailer. It looks so good. Like, the really focused human shots, like his finger twitching above his holster. IG-88 finally doing the, the like, actual thing that IG-88 does in the lore, where he can see all around him, and he can move all of his blasters in any direction he wants, with no recoil, with pinpoint accuracy. So, like, IG-88 could feasibly clear a whole town of dudes on his own, and we finally see him doing cool shit, and we see, like, sword fights that like are using like martial arts that's friendly with the extended universe and all this like really 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 intimate crap that i think means that the story is going to be really really good and character focused i like that there's never a point where he takes off his helmet he's a mandalorian so it's like your armor is your lifeblood you don't show your face to outsiders yeah that's star wars nerd shit for y'all that movie, that movie's gonna be hot trash, I can feel it, but those shows, maybe. Maybe there's still something left for me in the fucking trow. <laughs> I, I would see I would see your Star Wars, and I, I guess I didn't mention it because I don't have hard dates for it yet, but I know mm-hmm. they're doing Aragorn on Prime, and I know that they're gonna do a Tom Bombadil show on Prime, and I'm very excited for good Lord of the Rings shit again. Okay. So I'm not even that into it, but, like, th- the sound of that sounds really good. Right? Like, oh, damn. Bombadil's where it's at. Damn. I... What else? What? Oh, you know what? You know what I'm thinking about? It. it I see it every day. What? There's a new dumb fucking straight-to-Netflix anime. Uh. It's called Cannon Busters, and I don't know what the fuck it's about. It looks like a hot fucking mess. 
But let me tell you the fucking intro, which I which I caught just in like the the Netflix previews. Mm-hmm. I sat and watched the whole preview because of that fucking intro song, which I have scoured the internet. It's just an intro. It's not like an actual song cut down. Like they wrote it to be like a minute, mm-hmm. which is the worst part of that song because that song is so fucking good and. I'm gonna watch that show just because that song's good and I want to hear it like ten times over however many episodes there are. I I went on a bit of a hunt on Hulu. Because mm-hmm. after finishing My Hero, I was like, okay, but I want to watch more anime. <gasps> yeah. Um. So the biggest thing I found out was the guy who wrote Record of Lotus War wrote another anime uh-huh. called Record of Grand Crest War. <laughs> apparently, apparently has nothing to do with uh, with Lotus, but it's the top of my list. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I just I was getting excited to watch a bunch of these animes. A lot of them are subbed and not dubbed, which mm-hmm. is hard for me. Yep. But so we let's see: uh, Record of Grand Crest War, Princess Tutu, which I hear is fucking iconic, Overlord, Helsing, Darling in the Franks, or Fran XX, whatever. Some someone will get it. Uh, and okay, so I really want to watch more horror anime, mm-hmm. but. I can't find dubbed versions of it. At least I haven't gone to Crunchyroll yet, and I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if anyone has some really good horror con- or horror stuff to send my way, please do. I'm always, always thirsty for horror. But I, I can give you the full list, because it was like 20 of them. <laughs> Man, I'm so happy that TV exists. Right? We live in a pretty cool age. <laughs> well, I think, I think I've exhausted myself. I'm out of opinions for at least 24 hours. I think I'm in the same boat. I th- oh, you know what? I'm looking at Netflix. I have an opinion. Oh yeah, what's uh, your? I I don't care that there's a Between Two Ferns movie. No. No. Do you? What is it? I don't know. It's it's a that thing that Zach Galifianakis did, which feels like oh! a ripoff of Eric Andre, but actually came first and is just a worse version of that. There's now a movie about it, and there's like helicopters and explosions on the. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that either. I just not don't great. like Zach Galifianakis. I didn't realize he was still relevant. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he is. I think that's what this movie's about. <laughs> oh, okay. I think this is the rebound into, I don't know. But I, I don't follow him. Maybe he's been doing cool shit. Maybe he's been saving the rainforest and I'm just talking shit because I don't think his, his internet videos are funny. I mean, that, that does, that sort of checks out. It does. <laughs> Well, Spencer, thank you so much for watching some shitty TV shows with me. Some not-so-shitty TV shows with me. I really appreciate it. And you know what? Maybe we just came out stronger at the end of this for for doing so. I think we did. I'm not even going to bother shilling our usual stuff. If you've listened this far, you know about all of it. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a blast. And, you know, go watch your own TV shows and form your own thoughts and opinions. Because, wow, I'm not sure if ours are exactly... 100% 100% on point. Yeah, ours, ours suck. Go make your own now. Now now you know the format. Now, this... now, you're the ones that are right. Oh, but not no. all of the shows we talked about. Alright, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone.